Hello and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Attic. I am your host, Donnie Salvo. And before we get to what book we're going to look at this week, let's go to our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by SuperShowApproved.com. The SuperShowApproved.com website tells you about some of the creators and specials taking place at this year's Comic Geek Speaks Super Show, taking place March 27th and 28th. That is SuperShowApproved.com. And by the time this episode comes out, turn around. I might be standing there. <laughs> But that's it. Business is over. Now it's time for pleasure. Pleasure through comics. What I pulled out of the attic today was Dazzler, issue number nine, from November 1981, written by Danny Fingeroth, from an idea by Tom DeFalco. He had to get in there. Art by Frank Springer and Vince Coletta, edited by the, the one and only Jim Shooter. We open up with Allison Blair, in the in the back seat of a car, and she looks uncomfortable with two guys with crazy-looking sunglasses on, and she's in the back of a limousine going through midtown Manhattan, and she's thinking to herself, this is so weird. These guys kidnap me in broad daylight, and somehow they know about my dazzler powers because they're wearing special protected lenses against them. Welcome to the 80s, people. And they carry guns but haven't threatened me. What's going on? So they're driving down the road, and she's asking all these questions. You know, can't you can't you tell me what's going on? You'll find out soon enough, man. And then, uh, you know, she, he's, the, the other guy's talking to the limo driver, and he's like, you know, go to Route 143R, incorporating modification X-23. X-23 has nothing to do with Wolverine's clone daughter or whatever. You've been following me around for weeks. And they said, we have attended several of your performances, as did hundreds of others. So nothing you say in court will stick, bitch. Well, he didn't say that. And then uh, she's like, yeah, but those hundreds of others didn't sneak into my rehearsal studio or shadow me in the streets. Maybe they have, Allison. You don't know. You don't know. And she said, maybe I should have called the police. And the guy's like, don't misconstrue my intentions. It's strictly honorable. But, you know, we have arrived at our destination. And they said... She's like, but you kidnapped me to take me to a museum? And the car turns a corner, and what is sitting there but a jet copter? That's right, 50% jet, 50% helicopter. Put it together, and you got a jet copter, people. What? This doesn't even make sense. If you have jets, why do you need a, a helic? I don't know. So they're saying, you know, come on, let's go with us. And she's like, well, do you, uh, do I have a choice? And, uh, no, no. And then she gets in the, 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 cause apparently jet copters only hold two people. So one of the guys had to stay back. And, uh, so they're flying over Manhattan and things and they're in the clouds and, and, uh, you know, she's like, there's more to these guys than meets the eye. They aren't normal thugs. They aren't. They're not normal thugs. They, they took her by surprise and scared the daylights out of her. That's what they did. And um, and she's like, you know, maybe I could convert the noise from this helicopter. This jet copter, Allison. It is a jet copter. Someone went to the 
to the to the trouble of making a half helicopter, half jet. So don't don't you just call it a helicopter. And then she could, you know, turn it into into light and and dazzle them even through a special lenses but she's like i don't know how to fucking drive a, a a jet copter i've never even heard of one of these things so she she's not going to do that all of a sudden what's there it's a mountain and there's like a city or something on top of the mountain but they're going too fast they're gonna head right into it pull up you idiot she says oh my god we're gonna crash and the side of the mountain opens of course it does hello comic books be a short story if they crashed if they pulled old buddy holly there that wouldn't work that's not nice you're horrible so now the helicopter, the 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 blades of the helicopter part fold in. And now it's just a jet. I don't know. Why. He waited all that time to use the jet option while they're inside the hangar. And then uh, there we go. Several minutes later, they're coming out of the copter. Scientists come up. Look out. They're scientists. This can't be good. And they're like, they're here. They're here. And there's this one D-bag scientist. And he. He's like, about time. They're 7.2 seconds late. You know what, dude? Shut up. And then the guy just turns her and goes, um, please get out, Miss Blair. And she's like, you, will you ever give me any answers? And then all of a sudden these scientist dudes come up and they're like, uh, we will, Miss Blair. Or should I say, Dazzler. Dun, dun, dun. They know who she is. <laughs> and here we go. Welcome to Mount Athena. Oh, old-time Marvel fans are getting a tingly feeling. That's right. It is the home of Project Pegasus. And she says, Project Hoosagitsits? <laughs> anyway, in the 80s, Project Pegasus was this, like, research-slash-thing inside the Mount Athena, and everything that possibly could go wrong in the Marvel Universe happened at Project Pegasus. I don't know why. Or how this place stayed in, in business as long as it did. But, yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> Pegasus, the scientist explains. Potential energy group alternate sources of the United States, you dumb bitch. Well, that's not exactly what she said. they said. But, uh, we're a special division of research for the United States Department of Energy. And your mutant abilities could help us. In that, in, in our in our research, and and she's like, well, couldn't you read us a letter? I mean, do you, you have to make me feel all paranoid and kidnapping me? And then all of a sudden, the the dude with the glasses goes, <clears throat> "Excuse me, uh, Miss Blair, no time to. Uh, at no time did anyone threaten you or force you to do anything." And she's like, "I guess not technically." So so Allison Blair, you got into a car with three men. Okay, they didn't pull a gun on you. They didn't threaten you. They just asked you to get in the car, and you did. Uh, hello? I mean, wasn't this the era of Ted Bundy? We don't do this stuff. Alice and Blair could have wound up on the side of a road. <sighs> you would not be dazzling anything. So they're like, you know, sign, sign this contract here, and, um, you know, you can help us out. Or maybe we'll just, uh, if you don't, uh, we'll just tell the entire world that you're a mutant. What? That would ruin her whole career, her singing career. She can't, 
This is back then. Mutie was a dirty word. People did not trust them back in the 80s, especially the early 80s. Oh, if they found out, it'd be horrible. But then she's like, well, if I don't sign this and work with you, then it's it's blackmail. And I said, well, no, it's not really blackmail. If you let us investigate your powers, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, give, we'll throw you a check. We'll throw you a paycheck. How does $8 a day sound? I'm not making that up. $8 a day. What? Where did you come up with this? So she's like, well, since I have no choice, fine. I'll do it. Okay. And then they introduce, they introduce her to the head of security, security chief Wendell Vaughn. We know him better as Quasar. Dun, dun, dun. Quasar shows up. And, uh, He's like, you know, I told you, when a scientist is whispering over, he's like, I told you she'd listen to reason as soon as uh, she saw Wendell. Chicks look at him and they melt like an iceberg. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me rewind that. He looks so good, he, he could melt an iceberg. So now all of a sudden, she looks at Quasar with his... <laughs> With his blue leggings and his crowned shirt with his ginormous belt and armbands. With his Olivia Newton-John headband on and his flowing blonde locks and, and his silver boots with his blue cape. And she, she's, wow. And so they, they uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, why don't, why don't I give you a tour? And she's like, hey, how you doing? And, and she's like, uh, sure. And this is what she thinks. Actually, she actually thinks it's, gosh, despite that ridiculous outfit... He's cute. He makes Paul look like a doctor. I don't know what that means, but okay. So he he puts her on this thing. It's called the loop, and they sit in it. It's like a little uh, uh, roller coaster, and it goes around. It shows you like all the things that are going on, and it shows the magne magnetic gravity research area. People are just floating, and she's amazed. People are just floating, and they got this ginormous Fachiman uh, telescope. And, uh, you know, they're discovering new uh, planet. He said, here's the observatory use, useful for discovering new planets and peeping through windows in California. What? That is awesome. I could use that and never mind. And they keep going through this roller coaster that shows them all this stuff. And, um, you know, they're explaining each other to each other their powers and uh, now she's showing the, uh, he's going to show her the compound where, uh, it's basically the prison section, okay? And uh, there's the solar, he's he's a um, human solar energy generator. And he's a mean one, they say. He almost killed Captain America, the Avengers, and yours truly at various times. And she's, wow, keep that guy away from me. And then there's Nuclo in there, and he's... Uh, they keep mentioning that he's a mutant. I don't know why. Um, he's a mutant who possesses incredible radioactive energy, and he has the mind of a two-year-old child. And they keep him in a <laughs> energy-damping crib. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> so here we go. And then all of a sudden, we're going to show one of the most strangest and most dangerous inmates, Claw. The murderous monster of master monster of sound, 
He was a recently escaped and recaptured by Thing and the American Eagle. Asterisk. Look at the bottom of the page. See Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 6. I used to love when they did that. Now, see, if I was a kid and I got this, I would have went and bought that. Because, number one, the American Eagle. <laughs> Hello. And number two, you know, why not? So, anyway, they show Claw. Claw's typing a message out, and it says... And for some reason, Dazzler sees it on the uh, screen, and it says, Don't trust them. Soon you'll be a prisoner like the rest of us. And she goes, This place is creepy. I'm sure they're not going to lock me up like him, but would they? I don't know. And then, Come on, Allison. They're ready for you in the lab. And she goes, Sure, sure. And she follows him. And then Claw thinks to himself, Good. The seed of doubt has been planted. And so it begins. And they show different kinds of... Allison hooked up to chairs with this giant, ginormous, uh, old-fashioned hairdresser, hairdryer thing to her head. And then they show other things where she's, she's lit up like the 4th of July, and she calls that her dazzle burst. And then there's, you know, bring her up to factor 16 and all kinds of... And then it shows her shooting a laser through concrete. It's like all different things that they're showing um, she could do. Uh, and then we go back to the shadow of 59th Street Bridge. In an aging apartment. It's aging. And it's the home of one Allison Blair. And the phone is ringing. It's ringing off the hook. And it's Dr. Paul Jensen who's trying to call. And he misses her. I've tried to call Allison every break in this convention. Where is he? At San Diego? Where? I don't know. He's not, he's not dressed up in a cosplay. I don't know. So, uh, let's see. He misses her so much. And then Harry S. Osgood, Osgood, he's trying to call her, her well, her secretary, and this disappearance is, that must be her agent. It's wreaking havoc on Dazzler's singing career. I hope she isn't any sort of trouble, trouble. And her grandma, Bella Blair, is trying to call her. No one's answering. Everybody's calling it the Human Torch. Daz and I were supposed to get together this week, but she's totally been unreachable. She's a big girl and all that, but I hope she doesn't got involved in something she can't handle. Like like crack. He didn't say that. But she's she's dating. She's got a doctor on the side. Her agent's looking for her. Grandma's chilling, looking for her. And the human torch, Marvel's number one man whore. She is hanging out with the Johnny Storm. That is A- Amazing people. But now it shows back to Project Pegasus. And she's passed out in a chair. And there's just all these scientists going over data. There's there's knobs and buttons and computer screens and computer printout paper. People with weird sunglasses and hats. And they're all looking. And they go up to her and they say, Well, you know, there's no limit to, to the sound of energy your body can induce into the light. You know, I think we should run some more tests. She's like, more tests? I've had enough tests this past week to last my whole life. I'm through. And he's like, aren't you forgetting about... And she's like, you know what? If you're going to tell the world I'm a mutant, tell them I'm a mutant. I don't care. I, I just don't care anymore. And he's like, you know, Miss Blair, we have a document. So now they got her on that. And she's like, I never signed... All I signed was what you called a standard reg registration form. And he says containing our standard pledge, which I assure you is a perfect legal and binding document. Oh, Allison, always look at the fine print. 
You're in entertainment. You should know that. Oh, I bet you she's got people for that. See, that that's why I have no people, so I could read it myself. She said, I'd call you people rats, but that would be an insult to rat, rat kind. She's going to her quarters. And the doctor says, fine, go to your quarters, but test resume at 7 a.m., and you better not be late. That's pretty mean. So she's upset. She's she's downtrodden. Uh, she's sitting at the edge of the couch. She's not on the couch. She's actually sitting on the, the back of the couch. Uh, and she put on roller skates. That You know what? When I'm depressed, I, I do that too. I just put on roller skates. Uh, I don't use them. I just sit at the edge of the couch, uh, spin the wheels, and contemplate where my life went wrong. That's what I do. Uh, that's what I do. Okay. So, anyway. She turns around. She goes, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Enough. The only way I'm getting out of here is I am sneaking out. She gets, she wheels, she uh, oils up the wheels on her thing, and she goes down the, the um, what do you call it? The, uh, the, the tracks for the um, roller coaster loop thing that she was on with Quasar. And she says, And this is convenient. There's a she gets to the exit, and there's two, two guards that conveniently have their take tape deck blaring. I wonder if it's an eight track. Oh no, this is eighty one. It's a boombox. She said, which is all the noise I need to go for it. And bazoom! They can't see. She suits a beam. She opens up the vault door. She smells freedom. But all of a sudden, there's a gauntlet hand that grabs her, and he goes, "Gotcha!" And she goes, "Quasar." And he goes, look, the docs warned me you might try something like this. Now let's just talk over a hot cup of it. And she goes, no, I like you, Quasar. I do. But I, I I, even won't let you stop me now. And she goes, bazzle! And nothing happens. Uh, and he looks at her and he goes, you know, Allison, we could do this all night, but it's really a waste. And she goes, oh, yeah, we'll try this laser blast for size. Bazoom! And it blows up the ground around him, but he's just floating. And she's like... I took all my energy. I'm exhausted. I knew you wouldn't hit me with that laser. You're cutting the floor around me. It's a waste of time. And she's like, damn it. Why didn't he tell me he could float? Son of a bitch. <laughs> and he grabs her by the waist and he goes, now let's cut this out before someone gets hurt. And she's banging on his chest. You, you miserable. Oh, what's the use? I'm too wasted for that blast to fight anymore. And he goes, come on, I'll take you back to the room. And she's like, thanks. You're a real hero. He wants some. You know it. But the next day, they're at breakfast. <laughs> He's sitting with her. And all of a sudden, she's in her Dazzler costume. She, if it was weird enough, like, where did she get the roller skates? Where did she get her whole Dazzler costume, complete with eye makeup and all that? She's eating a cookie for breakfast, too. That's not very good. And uh, where, where did she get it? She didn't show up with a, with a bag or anything. She, I don't know. Anyway. Don't try and make sense of it. You will bleed from your eyes and your face will melt like a Nazi at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anyway, so he's like, you know, you should give this place a chance. Uh, you know, there are good people around here. And she's like, you know, I just decided to wear my uniform to cheer me up because I haven't been performing, uh, you know. And, and she's like, well, these people are so nice. Why are other people in cages? And she's like, that's only the dangerous people. And it's it, 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 it's it's like a big bickering couple right now. They're, they're over breakfast, you know. 
And then she's like, well, what if what if you decide to throw me in one of those? And she's oh, you're getting paranoid. And she goes, paranoid? Nobody tailed you for weeks and then abducted you, buster. Well, no one abducted her either. We just found out on, like, page six. She went on her own. She's stupid. So anyway, she's walking around <laughs> in her Dazzler costume. And she's walking by Claw's cage thing bubble. And then... It, she, he types to her, you should leave this area. What they're about to do to me is horrible, too horrible for anyone to watch. And she goes, she's like, that poor creature seems so sensitive, so full of pain. Oh, Allison, you sucker for the sweet talk. And she says, just like the Hulk was. <gasps> Go back and look at Dazzler issues six and seven where she met the Green Goliath. So these two guards are putting access ports. They're soundproof into... Claw's little bubble there. Let's make contact. They're jabbing him with them. They're hurting him. He's in terrible pain. Dazzler decides she's going to zap the guards and release Claw. Claw blasts her, knocks her to the ground. And he goes, I'm free. My cage lies in fragments at my feet. And none shall ever so imprison me again. So sweareth Claw. So now Claw doesn't know anything about Dazzler. So he is shooting her with all this sound and shooting her with all this sound. <laughs> and she is glowing because it's making her strong. The sound is turning, you know, she converts it to light. So she's, I mean, she's getting strong. And here comes Quasar and he's running and, uh, and he's flying and he's going to shoot Claw. And Claw, he's shooting sonic waves at everybody. The guards are falling and Quasar's like, I'll stand. He goes, stand back, man. I'm the only one who could stop him now with my Olivia Newton-John headband. And and <laughs> Claw's like, only trickery you bested me in the past, you whelp. But you haven't had a prayer. And he's just about to lay the smacketh down. And then Wendell, a.k.a. Quasar, puts him in a light cage. And he blasts it open with his son, uh, sonic blasts. And Quasar falls to the ground, and he's he's hurting, and Claw's kicking the crap out of him, and he's killing him. He's about to kill him. And then all of a sudden, Dazzler gets up, and she's all buff and glowing and whatnot. And Wendell's on the ground, and Claw's about to kill him. Dazzler runs down. She checks him. He's breathing. Thank God he's still alive. And she gets pissed off, and she's like, if you're going to hurt him, you're going to have to kill me first, sucker. And then she's like, did I just say that? And she blasts him. And Claw feels nothing. He goes amusing. And then she finds out. Listen to this, how smart she is. After another blast, she glows and glows and glows. And finally, she absorbs all the sound through Claw's little thingamajuber that he has on his hand, his little blaster. She absorbs it. And Claw is made of sound. So she, in essence, she is absorbing Claw. And he's going, no, 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 no. And then finally he disappears and his little blasty thing falls to the ground. Everybody's awake and they're running. She's glowing. And they're like, all right, we have to run tests to see what happens. She goes, the hell with this. She blasts a hole in the side of the mountain. <laughs> One of the guys even goes, oh, my. And she's like, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm done, you morons. I just saved your ass. And then she she jumps out and she's roller skating down the side of a mountain. <laughs> I'm not making this up. And they're going, please stop. And she's like, no, you come near me and I'll destroy everything. I'm a menace. I'm a monster. I'm always I always wished 
I had more power, but not like this, not like this. And she trips over a rock because that's what you will do if you were roller skate down a mountain. And all of a sudden, the last page in a spacecraft billions of light years from Earth. She is the one in all the universe with the power my master needs. It's a robot alien in a spaceship. Soon, it will cost her her very life. She will do her his bidding. Dun, dun, dun. Next issue, Galactus. That's right, Galactus. Believe it. Oh, no. But you know what is wild about this? She absorbs Claw. Okay, now this, this is in, what did I say? November of 81, right? You do not see Claw again until Secret Wars, which was 84, 85. Poof, he was gone. Never saw him again. How about that? There's a little fact for your ass. Oh, hitting you with the knowledge. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, you guys rule. Like I said, we're going to get better with this. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going, going, going. And uh, also, uh, do me a favor. I'm on another podcast with uh, two other stand-up comics, Dave Sheehan and Gregory B. Dubno, called Reality Wasted. Uh, why don't you check that out on the iTunes for me and uh, or at Libsyn. And uh, thanks for listening, and I will be back in a couple of weeks with another book from the attic. What will it be? I don't know. Stay tuned and find out. Bye-bye. See ya. Wouldn't want to be. Take care, man. All right. Peace out. And have a pleasant day. Word. (laughs) 